Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, November 6th, 2021. When I was a kid, there was a song we would sing in Sunday school called, I've Got a River of Life. I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And even in the chorus, it would start singing, spring up, oh well. And, you know, people in the background would go, splish, splash. And it talks about basically giving me, spring up, oh well, and give me this life. Give me this life abundantly. And that image just of a river of life comes from scriptures, but it's also a powerful image to us just of that abundant life, just that well-being that we all seek. Uh, we all would like to be able to say, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Well, how do we get that? And that's what we're going to see is Jesus uses this imagery in John chapter 7 today. And we look at John chapter 7 verses 32 through 39. Now, these first few verses kind of wrap up some confusing things that have been going on between Jesus and the crowds, or or Jesus really kind of interacting with through them. Or today we see the chief priests sending people to arrest Jesus. And it started, hey, where did this guy study? Uh, Heaven. And then yesterday we saw, well, um, where did this man come from? And well, heaven. And today Jesus says that I will be with you a little longer and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Well, where is he going? Um, Heaven. And they're confused uh, saying, was he going to go to the Greeks and teach the Greeks? No, he's talking about returning to his father. But then we get into a new section on the last day of the feast. It specifies in verses 37 through 39. And Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet, the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So there we see Jesus using this image, saying that everyone who believes in him will be able to say out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. All right. And he prefaces all that, even just with that idea of satisfaction. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And so what can that look like for us to have that river of life flowing out of us? And I want us to think through what that might look like internally, and then what that might look like externally. Uh, Internally, I think really it boils down to us finding satisfaction in Christ. It says, if anyone thirsts. Well, we can kind of remove the if from that, right? Everybody thirsts. Uh, And obviously we know that physically. We cannot physically survive without water, but we also know everyone has a thirsty soul. Everyone is longing for something. And Jesus is saying the place where you will ultimately find fulfillment is in me. And ultimately, it's through faith in 
me is, is what Jesus is saying. Faith in Christ is the, the way to quench the thirst of your soul. If you are thirsty, come to Jesus and drink. And that plays on even Old Testament imagery. Not too long ago when we were getting to the end of Isaiah, we read Isaiah 55 where it talks about come to the waters. Anyone who is thirsty, come and drink and and eat, join in this feast, you know, satisfy your hunger and your thirst. And Jesus is really inviting people to come to him to satisfy uh, their their spiritual thirst and to do it by believing in him, right? That That is the key. And so that's the question we need to start asking ourselves is, are we satisfied in Christ? And I think that's a lot of the biggest problems people have is they they really are living their lives on a quest for satisfaction. They're looking for fulfillment. Uh, and as they do that, they miss Christ because they're looking for fulfillment in success, in family, in pleasure, um, in all kinds of other things, in relationships, but they're not looking for fulfillment in Christ. Uh, Where those who often look for fulfillment miss Christ, Jesus is saying, look for me and you will find fulfillment. And does that mean every one of your desires, all your wildest dreams will come true? No, that's clearly not what Jesus is ever saying. He's trying to say, no, I am not, hey, look at me first, and then I'll give you all the treasures you seek. He's saying, I am the treasure. If you found me, you've got everything that you need. Is that a statement you can make? Could you say, if all I've got is Christ, that's enough? That's really the belief in him. That's what it's going to look like. That's what that internal attitude that is looking to Christ for fulfillment is going to sound like, if I have Christ, that is enough. I don't need Christ and a perfect marriage. I don't need Christ and my dream job. I don't need Christ and uh, you know a healthy bank account or a, the, my dream house, right? All of these things. No, all I need is Christ. And if I have Christ, but don't have my health or my family situation is tough or my work situation is very difficult, that is still enough for me because I have Christ. I have the treasure. That's what I think really this fulfillment, this river of life flowing out of us without that being our internal heartbeat, I don't think we're going to get there. But then also, what is that going to look like externally? What will this river of life look like as it flows out of us. And Jesus makes it clear he's talking about the spirit, the spirit, which is going to come obviously after he leaves. Um, But that gets me thinking about another passage, Galatians, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit. And as we think through those things, the fruit of the spirit, that's what this river of life uh, should look like as it flows out from us. Um, All of these things, think of uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things really that this um, that this should look like in our lives. And so you want to ask yourself today internally, is my life looking like a satisfaction in Christ? And then externally, is that then flowing out into all of these things? And 
Yeah, I hope you can see how that's connected. When you're saying, I have Christ, and because I have Christ, that is enough, that is going to lead you to live a life that's then full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, even very selfless attributes, very peaceful attributes, as opposed to somebody that's looking for fulfillment and therefore likely to be more selfish and less at peace. So I hope today we can all truly say, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And it really comes through faith in Christ, looking for fulfillment in Christ and the work of the Spirit in our lives. And while we're talking about kind of the image of satisfaction and uh, what that looks like in our hearts, let's wrap up Psalm 119, where we've seen how what a treasure God God's word is to this psalmist. And now we wrap it up today uh, with verses 169 through 176. So a little sadness in my heart that Psalm 119 will be over after today, but we get to start the the songs of ascents uh, uh, next week. So that's a good thing as well. And there's always good things for us in God's word. But notice the, the progression here in these first few verses. It starts, let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea uh, come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word for all your commandments are right. Um, And so as we look at that, we see in those first few verses, just kind of a conversation uh, where that starts with cries to God and a plea to God, but then progresses to praise to God and singing even of his word. And how hopefully we've seen throughout this psalm that we can cry out to God. He is with us. He um, is, is helping us. And one of the ways he's doing that is through his word. And that's one of the things we need to seek in those times. But also as God does help us, that should lead to praise. And even what, what might make some people uncomfortable, but it's right there in the Bible, my tongue will sing of your word, right? That we're even praising the word of God. And again, the Bible is never an end in and of itself, but we praise the, the word because all your commandments are right. And it really reflects the God that we ultimately worship. He is the end. He is the, the object truly of our worship, but we can we can say, my tongue will sing of your word because of what it reflects about our God and his righteousness in his commandments. And then we see in verse 174, I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight, right? His delight is in the law of the Lord. He's not searching the world for fulfillment. He's finding it really in God and in his Law. So I think we see some of those similar images as we wrap up Psalm 119 today. Our last couple passages today really remind us, will show us warnings. We'll see a warning that is ignored, and we will see a warning that needs to be heeded right now. And we start that with wrapping up the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 52. And as we look at Jeremiah 52, it um, it really goes back again to the fall of Jerusalem. And it tells us about King Zedekiah. And it says in the middle of verse 3 that Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. And we know the context from Jeremiah that rebelling against the king of Babylon was not only rebelling against him, it was rebelling against God. And we see Zedekiah 
earlier, you know, just ignoring the warnings of the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, One commentator put it basically, uh, Zedekiah was not just rebelling against the king of Babylon, he was rebelling against God and he lost both battles, right? We, we, We see a warning there that we should listen to of what happens when you ignore God and you ignore his word. That is a dangerous place to be. And then that kind of leads us to our final New Testament passage today, First or 2 Peter 3, verses 1 through 10, where it warns us that in the last days, there will be people ignoring the warnings of God's word. And they will say in verse 4, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning. And then Peter r- reminds us saying, hmm. Don't forget what happened with the flood and don't forget what is going to happen now. And don't think that God is slow in accomplishing things. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. And if God is delaying the day of the Lord, it's only because he's waiting for more people to repent, right? So we should think of that as the warning that it is to the world uh, and also the warning to believers, stay awake Don't fall asleep. Don't buy into the world's logic that, oh, Jesus is never coming back. No, he is coming back. Uh, The day of the Lord will come like a thief, but also it's a good reminder to us of why we are still here, right? We are still here because God is waiting for more people to repent. And that even just connects with our mission as believers, what should be the mission of our churches to make disciples. Every day that Christ does not return is another day for us to do the work of reaching the world for Christ, of making disciples and of calling sinners to repentance. May they heed that warning. And may all of us this weekend just remember what we have in Christ and may we all be able to sing, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.